Welcome to the Odessa First Assembly Podcast. I'm Tony, the Digital Ministry Manager, and we're excited to have you join us for today's message. Today's sermon is a special one. It's our New Year's message from our lead pastor, Todd Starnes, titled The New Start. As we begin a new year, it's the perfect time to reflect on the past, learn from it, and move forward with hope and optimism. So sit back, relax, and let Pastor Todd's uplifting words inspire you as we embark on a new journey together. Without further ado, here's Pastor Todd Starnes with a new start. And since it's the new year, we've had these on there since about November, but our one-year Bible plan, we printed out, and it's out on the information desk. I'm actually going to talk just a touch about it this morning in a few minutes. But you want to grab that, it'll take you through the Bible in a year. It's a great tool. You can also use Uversion. There's, uh, matter of fact, every week uh, when I post our sermon notes on the Uversion Bible app, um, in that, uh, uh, whatever it looks like, with all the information there, there are a couple of year um, Bible plans that I'll, I keep on there and listed on there. It's also on the email we send out every Monday that gives you the week's reading for every day. It's on our website, so there's all kinds of ways to get these verses, but we do have them printed out for you. They're on the front desk. I would encourage you to do that. If you have never read through the Bible, I'm going to tell you, it will, it, it'll, it'll just change your life. God's Word does not return void. And it's really only you know three and... Uh, chapters a day usually is about the average, or sometimes like when you get to Psalm 119, I think Psalm 119 is one day, um, but there's, uh, it's easy to do, and so keep that in mind. I, and we are starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting tomorrow, and so once again, I talked about it a little bit last week, I want to talk about it a little bit this, this morning. The sermon this morning is called A New Start. And being the 1st of January, I think it's probably a lot of topics church are talking about. And so a couple of years ago, we began this, doing our 21 days of fasting and prayer. In the fall and October, we do 21 days of prayer. And I really want to encourage you to take part in this some way, some fashion. And so the goal of fasting is to draw nearer to the Lord. When we uh, sacrifice food and and things in our life, it's when we look, when we eliminate those distractions, it obviously draws us nearer to the Lord. The Bible says, "Draw near to the Lord, and He will draw near to you." Um, it kind of, it also, it really hits a reset button for us. If you've gone through an extended season where it's been difficult or hard, um, maybe not things happening way you want to see happen. A, a season of fasting and prayer brings breakthrough, and it's a reset button for us. It opens us up to hear from the Lord and the Holy Spirit. It enables us to celebrate the goodness of God, the mercy of God. It prepares our hearts for whatever God's going to do in us this year. It enables us to celebrate it. Fasting is a, is a discipline as disciples of Jesus that we're going to talk about this morning. Also, I mean, we see the examples throughout Scripture, old and new, of fasting. And when you fast, I'm going to tell you, it opens up your mind, your heart, your spirit for what God wants to do in your life. Fasting and prayer can restore that first love that you look in Revelations in the church of Ephesus, but it'll return that first love, that passion, that intimate relationship with the Lord. Fasting is a biblical way to humble yourself on the side of the Lord. The Bible says that God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. And, and, hum, and, and fasting brings humility. 
The Holy Spirit, the Word of God, will, will quicken His Word to you. And so as we're praying, as we're fasting, we're in the Word. His truth, the truth of God's Word, will come more alive to you. It can transform your prayer life. You, you'll go deeper in your prayer. You'll go deeper in your worship. It can also bring revival to your life. I, I believe it was D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody talked about how he had a, a red circle painted in his office, and he would stand in that red circle, and he would say, Lord, send revival and start here in this circle meaning start with me, and so it can bring revival, a renewal in your own life, which you, God will use as you as a vessel to spread that to those around you. And if, uh, you know, living a fasted lifestyle, I think in our culture, in our, even in our church culture, is really a lost discipline. And, you know, I'm not talking about like the, the whatever it's called where you, you know, the the weight loss, fasting, 15-hour, whatever, all that stuff is. But, you know, I, you know, I know I say this often. I, say, I said it last week. But, you know, what has to go with, uh, with the doing without food or whatever it is you choose to do, there has to be prayer involved. There has to be. And, yes, this is something that should be done, I believe, all year long. It's just not for a certain period of time. But I know in people's lives and our lives and busyness of life, it's, uh, it helps us kickstart that and to move us into that discipline. And so you can do a complete fast. This is where you only um, drink liquids. I mean, you fast everything. And now, uh, there was a guy that I knew that when he went on a fast, he was going on a liquid fast, but he would shove like his cheesecake into a blender. He said, hey, it's liquid, I'm drinking it. That, that doesn't... That, well, you know, your conscience be your guide. This, don't tell me that because I'll make fun of you. Um, but you can do a complete fast. That's really um, removing everything. You're just on fluids. And I also say that uh, don't jump into anything without, I mean, if you're on medication, you have health issues, you need to have communication with your doctor. And so, you know, be wise about it. Have, have wisdom. Um, if you, up to this point, if you have not prepared yourself, like if you're still on a lot of caffeine and sugar and carbohydrates, um, you may not want to just jump into an all-liquid fast tomorrow. You're going to have a long day. Um, you're you're going to have headaches. You're not going to feel well. And so be wise about it. Be, be wise about it. And you'll, you'll benefit the most from that. Um, one of the things we do in the 21 days I highly recommend is doing the Daniel fast. And, you know, throughout these 21 days, I will do complete liquid fast, but the majority of it, I will be on a Daniel fast. And that's, I'm cutting out meat and the breads and all that kind of stuff. And you can look more online about that type of thing. Uh, matter of fact, I think Brittany was here just this week at some point, shared a recipe on her a thing on her Facebook page. And so if you have information like that, put it on our group page and we'll, uh, we'll approve that and it'll, it'll, it'll help people. You can also, I believe, do a partial fast and you can have a targeted thing. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, he would do something. He would, when he would go into seasons of fast, he would fast every day till four o'clock and then have one meal at four o'clock and then fast till the next day at four o'clock. And so, you know, you can, you can do things like that. It's okay. I know there are some that are really, 
um, uh, uh, set on the only kind of fast is a complete liquid fast. And I think uh, if you're physically able to do that, it is, it, it'll change your life like no other fast will. However, sometimes you, all of us can't do that, and that's okay. Um, you may also want to choose, um, maybe you want to go off caffeine. Maybe you know, you're drinking a six-pack of Cokes, of Cokes a day. Um, you know, that's not healthy anyway, but you, know, you can pick something. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's, I think Chase is including that part of his um, fast is going off social media. Um, maybe it's TV. Maybe it's entertainment. You can, you can pick those things. Throughout this 21 days, we will have prayer. The church will be open Wednesdays at noon and Saturdays at 6. Wednesdays at noon and Saturdays at 6 for the next three weeks for corporate prayer times, it's come and go, and so I'd encourage you to take, uh, um, take, take advantage of those things. And so you can, during this time, ask God for renewal, ask God for renewal of vision, ask God for community impact, ask God to, you want to see his hand move in a significant way. There are two uh, major things at the top of my list I'm going to be fasting for for the next 21 days, and that's Brinley's Complete Miracle and Hayden's Complete Miracle. Those are the two things on top of my list. I am going, and I invite you to, to pray along with me with that. A couple of quotes. One is Billy Graham. He said, true prayer is a way of life, not just for use in cases of emergency. He said, make it a habit, and when the need arises, you'll already be in practice. Martin Luther said this, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. I think a couple of powerful quotes. And so I want to go ahead and pray this morning just for a couple of moments. And um, I really encourage you to jump in on this with us and um, to, uh, to pick something. Of, and maybe you want to walk, uh, you know, uh, uh, move in slowly and maybe at the end of the 21 days you're going to prepare yourself for a complete fast. And, but whatever it is that you choose, I'm just going to just pray for you that you learn this discipline, um, that you see the advantages of this discipline, and that, uh, uh, that God has opened the windows of heaven over our church. I want to see this year the Holy Spirit pour out in such a precious way. I mean, I do. I want to see the glory of God come into this room. There used to be a song that we sang years ago but about the glory of the Lord coming into the room and then flowing out. I, that's just the mental image I keep and I see that God does something here and the outflow impacts the area around us. Can we just pray for a few moments, Father? We come to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray right now. Lord, I know some are already planning and and looking at doing it, but I just pray that the challenge be accepted, Lord, in this discipline of fasting over the next 21 days. Lord, that we seek you in an unprecedented way, that we push the, 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 the static noise of this culture and this world to the side, and we focus in on you. I pray that you open our hearts you open our spirits, Lord. You, the word of God, just speak to us. Be that lamp unto our feet, our light unto our path, Lord, that we would see your word just come to fruition. Lord, and as, you're, as the Holy Spirit speaks to us, the specific needs to pray for and to intercede for as we fast, Lord, I pray that we see just a, a snowball effect of just 
you at work, your hand at work, and the lives around us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So very quickly this morning, I just want to talk to you a few moments about a fresh start. So this is very, you know, we're not, we're, we're not going this really deep this morning, um, but uh, I believe that it'll speak to you. One of my favorite promises in Scripture is Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. And, you know what, and it's a, I think maybe because it's a very unique couple of verses in a very sad book. I mean, Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. I mean, this is, I mean, the book is about judgment and the children of Israel going into captivity and there's so many things going on. And yet in the middle of all this, we get to Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22 and it says this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Verse 23, great is his faithfulness, his mercies begin afresh each morning. I cannot tell you how many times I've laid a hold of this promise for each and every, I mean, has anybody ever had a bad day? Anybody ever have a bad, oh you got, really, your days go that well. Maybe you need to be up here. <laughs> I mean, there, you know, there's sometimes I've had really, really Really bad days, and I, it is. And I, before I close my eyes at night, I'm, I, I I hold on to this verse. Lord, your word says that mercies are new every morning. I need to experience that tomorrow. And it, it is a wonderful promise to lay hold of. And what I love about New Year's, about the New Year, it is fresh starts. It really is. I'm not a big on resolutions. You may be, not be, I don't know. But I love the thought of that, just there being a moment, like a, a memorial that we set up and say, okay, from this moment, I, something's going to be different about my life. And maybe you're one of those that you make goals. You're going to, maybe you're going to learn a new language. Maybe you're going to read a book every month. What, I mean, whatever your goal may, all of that's great. But when we look at this year, we can know that regardless of how, whatever happened in the past, whatever has happened last year, whatever has even happened recently, that today is a brand new day, and God's faithfulness is great, and his mercies are new for us today. And so it gives us a fresh start, and maybe maybe you've tried a dozen times to try to read through your Bible in a year. You know what? You can do it this year. I know that's so simple, but I mean, talk a few minutes with Shane after church about a commitment to read your Bible daily is done, right? I mean, she is a testimony of what God has done, of just making the commitment to read through her Bible. Read your word. I mean, there's so many times that people have called me and said, Pastor Todd, I just need a word. It's like, well, you've been given a big one from Genesis to Revelation. Read it. Amen. Okay, sorry, that was a little soapbox. You can make the commitment to be consistent in prayer, consistent in serving, consistent in giving. When a, clear, when a year closes out and we embark on something new, it does bring some hope to us. It does bring some excitement to us of what God might have in store. And so this morning, I just want to talk about really some simple things, some simple things we can that this laying groundwork of what the rest of the year can be like for us. And this kind of the passage I want to begin with is in Mark chapter 1 
in verse 9 because we see four things that I'll go through very quickly this morning. But Mark chapter 1 beginning in verse 9. And that's what we're going to pick up and read through this passage and just kind of work our way through it very quickly. But Mark chapter 1 verse 9. One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and John baptized him in the Jordan River. Verse 10, as Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. i got to pause right there just for a second. Because I love that imagery that, Mark's, that Mark writes with. And I think some translations even say that the heavens were torn open. They, they ripped open. And that's a very descriptive um, uh, adjectives of what God did right here when the Holy Spirit came down like a dove. And, and sometimes that's the way I guess I see it in my life. I don't think we just realize how much that God wants to do in us, how much God wants to do through us, how much God wants to do for us. And I, I think maybe the mental imagery we need to get sometimes, it's not what God wants to do for you, God holding his promises concerning you, he, he's not doing it reluctantly. He's not like saying, well, I guess you did most of what I asked of you, so. That's not the way that the Lord sees it. I mean, we got to see it as he's ripping open heaven to get to you what you need. Come on, somebody. He's ripping open heaven to get to you what you need. I mean, he gives us his promises, his strength, his power, his anointing. Verse 11, and the voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son. You bring me great joy. The Lord approves of you. Verse 12, the Spirit then compelled Jesus to go. So here, there's this wonderful moment. The Holy Spirit comes down like a dove. I mean, the Father speaking blessing and encouragement upon Jesus. And the Spirit compelled Jesus to go in the wilderness. Verse 13, where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among the wild animals and the angels took care of him. You know, this last week I, I was able to take Kaylee to the deer blind. And, uh, but she, she has this little thing that she thinks something's going to get her. And, uh, I mean, we're walking, you know, because we've got to walk about 500 yards to where my setup is. And, and well, I mean, she's got a hold of me, but, you know, scared of those wild animals. She's mad at me now. But, uh, you know, I've got to admit, though, sometimes, you know, you're out there by yourself and you hear a cow a little closer than you'd like. And you know that they're more afraid of you than, you know, than you are them. That's what they say anyway. That's not what it feels like in that moment. Anyway. The Spirit compelled Jesus to go in the wilderness where he was sent by Satan. He was out among the wild animals. The angels took care of him. Verse 14, later on, after John was arrested, he went to Galilee where he preached the God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Verse 16, one day Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon, his brother Andrew, throwing the nets in the water, for they were fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets all at once and followed him. And a little further up the shore, Jesus saw the Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing nets. He called them at once, and they followed him, leaving their father Zebedee. And the boat with the hired men. 
And that, you know, there's a lot happening in these verses right here. We it kind of feels like we're we're you know just jumping around in the in the front scenes of a movie very quickly. But I here's number one that I want to start off with. And I said this last week, and I'm going to champion this this year, is that God turns the ordinary into extraordinary. God turns the ordinary into extraordinary. When you read those first couple of verses in our text, verses 9, 10, and 11, it opens up with, with Jesus' baptism. He's getting baptized. The heavens are being torn open. The Lord, Father speaking blessing to Jesus. And what it got me thinking was this. From the time that Jesus was 12 years old, we really read nothing about Jesus. Right? I mean, we know we had, I mean, we celebrated his magnificent birth. You know, I mean, there's shepherds, there's wise men, there's angels and, and stars and prophecies. And there's this time when he's 12 years old that he's, you know, he, he amazes some of the religious people of the day from his teaching. But from 12 years old to this moment, we really hear nothing about Jesus. What we assume is that he was a carpenter because his dad was a carpenter, and that had been in keeping with the first century, and so we really hear nothing. And so, and a lot of us sometimes, you know, baptism even can seem as a normal thing, but listen to me. God always uses the ordinary Jesus hadn't preached a sermon, he hadn't turned water into wine, he hadn't raised the dead, he hadn't done any of those things. I mean, all we know is that he worked in a carpenter's shop, but it never matters the occupation, what always matters is the obedience. If we walk in obedience, God will always turn the ordinary into extraordinary. I love this one verse, when you read when you read about Moses and you know the whole encounter of uh, him fleeing Egypt, being on the back 40 for 40 years, being a shepherd for his father-in-law, having the encounter at the burning bush, there's one verse that it really always speaks to me. It's Exodus chapter 4 and verse 2. And it says this, and the Lord asked him, what is in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses said. And so here, Joe, uh, Moses is having this encounter with God at the burning bush. And the Lord is raising him up to be delivered from the, for the people of the Hebrew children out of Egypt. And the Lord uses a staff in Moses. And, you know, Moses ends up throwing the ground, turns into a snake. And, but we also see throughout the whole process of this staff being used to turn water into blood, to splitting the Red Sea, to water coming out of rocks. Do you hear me? It was a shepherd's staff that he had with him probably for 40 years when he was tending sheep, his father-in-law's sheep as a shepherd. And the Lord simply said, what is in your hand? God will turn the ordinary into something extraordinary. Whatever your talent is, whatever your giftings are, you may see them as mundane and normal, but you don't know what God might do with that. You don't know what God might do with you and your talent and, and how he will use you. Use your testimony. Use your, your, your standing in your company. Use, use your, your position, whatever it may be. God can turn the ordinary into 
extraordinary. God works the same way today as he did 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago. He's looking for obedient, submitted, willing people that they entrust everything into the Lord. Number two is this, just to remind you that you are an overcomer. You are an overcomer. Listen to me. Everybody do this with me really quick. We're not doing anything weird or Eastern or anything like that. Just, everybody just take a big breath with me. Can we, can we just take a big, just a big breath? You know what? If you just did that, you're an overcomer. You know why? Because you're still six feet above the ground. You're still here. God still has a purpose for you. God still has a mission for you. And yeah, there may have been a whole lot of bad stuff in 2022 and 2021 and and 2020 and 1999 for that matter, but you are still here. You're still here. Yeah, you may have fallen over and over and over and over and over, but you're here right now. You got up again. You know what that means? You're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. I mean, when I read about, yes, the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. I, I think that's an interesting um, way the ESV put it, that he, dro- that he drove Jesus. And I mean, I, Jesus was, yes, he was 100%, he is 100% God, but he's also 100% man. And I'm sure that man part was like, you want me to do what? I mean, he... Listen, he, he, knows, he, he knows all that we've been faced with. The Bible says he was tempted all points of a man. He had flesh just like we... Now, yes, he's the son of God and was sinless and perfect, absolutely. But we know from the Garden of Gethsemane that sometimes there was still a battle with that, the flesh part of himself. Lord, if this cup could pass from me, but if not, your will be done. And so, yeah, it wasn't maybe, it was, you, you know, he, I don't see Jesus like skipping in the wilderness saying, yay, I'm going to fast for 40 days. The Spirit drove him out into the wilderness. He was there for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with wild animals. But the angels ministered to him. Listen to me. You may feel like you're in the wilderness, but I want you to know his word is true, that he will never leave you nor forsake you. That he'll be with you always, even low to the end of the age. He is there. The Bible says the earth is full of his glory. He is there in the middle, even in the wilderness, with you. But listen to me. You are an overcomer. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 37, despite all of these things, overwhelmingly victory is ours through Christ. All of these things that we face and that we go through. But I want to talk very simply just for a moment. And very, I'll be brief about this, but I, I just really, it's just one of those things that I was like, you know, if there's anything I say, I've got to say this, and it's this, is that temptation is not sin. Temptation is not sin. I'm going to say it again, because I don't know if you're tracking with me. Temptation is not sin. I think so many times we feel condemned, convicted, condemned, judged, Whatever, because of the temptation. Now listen to me, if, you're, if, if it's like, you know, you're just being bombarded with temptation, yeah, there may be something that needs to shift 
in your life, but it's temptation. The, the, the battle is not over at the temptation. That's where the battle can be won. And if you want a significant shift in your life, in growth, win the battle at temptation. Win the battle at temptation. But here's the awesome thing about the grace of God. Even if you fall short, his grace and his forgiveness is there. But what I, let's be a little practical. What are the temptations that bother me? Listen, sometimes it doesn't take like 21 days of fasting and prayer. Sometimes it doesn't take like an epiphany from heaven. Listen to me. Sometimes you just don't need to go to the bar. Uh, yeah, I went there. <laughs> sometimes you don't need to go where you're... So, you know what? Yes, I'm all about we need to share our faith. We need to shine the light of Jesus. And, and if anybody we want to pull along with us is our friend group, our peer group. But if every time you go into that group and they drag you down instead of you pulling them up, then maybe you need a break from the peer group. Oh, okay. Sorry if I made anybody mad. When does that temptation, listen, I know in my life, I know when I'm heading to face a temptation, I know, I know that after a great win, I'm going to face a temptation. It's like clockwork. I expect it. And when you expect it, you don't have to be blindsided by it. Because so many times after a victory, you've expended yourself and you've poured yourself out. And so your defenses are low and you're tired and you're cranky and you're hungry. And, you know, all of these physical things that we go through. And listen, the enemy will use that for an open door. So what is it that some, you know when that temptation is going to strike? Why do they come at that place at that time? How can I avoid them? How can I be proactive? I, I, listen, just to be honest, I was, uh, I, I, I've shared this, I, I think, a couple of times in the past, but I was, had been on the road for a while and away from home, and um, uh, I, I was preaching a revival in Raton, New Mexico. And I had been gone a, a lot because of school assemblies and preaching and different things. And, and I remember Wednesday night, church was over, and I told the pastor, I was like, bro, I was like, I'm, just, I'm headed home. He's like, That's, we're toned to Lubbock is a pretty healthy drive. And I was like, I'm tired of being away. I just want to get home. And I got to Amarillo, and I was exhausted. I couldn't drive anymore, so I get a hotel. And I get in the hotel, and I lay in the bed, and I start flipping the channels. And I, I just knew. I just knew. And this is back, like, you know, uh, obviously years ago, and I just stopped, and I went over, and I, uh, I, uh, un I did undid the cable from the wall. I unhooked the cable from the wall, from the TV in the wall, and I rolled it up, and I took it to the front desk. And I said, when you clean the room after I leave, you're going to want that, put that back in there forever, stays in there next. And then went back to my room and went to bed. I knew, I knew what to expect because of the long season of ministry that I had. Listen, none of us are immune to it. You just got to know what to do with it when it hits. Number three, share with others about your salvation. Share with others about your salvation. We see about John the Baptist that he was arrested. As after John the Baptist was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel. He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Listen to me. Yes, you need to walk it out. You need to live it out. 
But in 2023, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to levy a challenge to you is that you be a people that share your faith. Do not be quiet about it. Do not, do not, I, I know, yes, our lives, the way we live life, it has to line up. I get that. I, I understand that, you know, sometimes people, you know, we're, we're the hands and feet and, and all of that's so important, but the gospel is to be spoken. I said the gospel is to be spoken, it's to be shared, it's to be declared. And people need to know your story. Don't be embarrassed about where you came from. God's the one that pulled you out of that Maori clay and set you on the rock. And now you're a trophy of grace. Tell somebody about it. Number four is this, living as a disciple. Living as a disciple. We see in those, that, this, that, that's the way this passage closes. I, you know, I, I do want to read it just very quickly. Mark 1, beginning in verse 16. It says, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore, the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, his brother Andrew, throwing the net in the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people. They left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up he, the shore, Jesus saw the Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing nets. He called them at once, and they followed him, leaving their father Zebedee with the boat and the hiring men. Listen, there's two things that happen to live as a disciple. One is that you follow Jesus, and two, you got to leave something. To follow, you cannot follow without leaving. You can't follow without leaving. And I'm not telling you that, you know, yes, yes, they were fishermen and they're mending nets. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, if you... You know, you're working the oil field doing something to follow Jesus. You got to quit your job and, you know, just live by faith and, and uh, you know, follow Jesus. I'm not suggesting that, but listen to me. There has to come a point in your life, in your Christian walk with the Lord, that you got to be willing to forsake it all for Him. I mean, you really do. It has to come to the place that you're like, nothing else matters but Jesus. And when he's at the center of it all, it brings everything else together. He was walking along the Sea of Galilee, and, and here we also see that there's fishermen. These fishermen, these uneducated men, these tax collectors, they are the ordinary men that God did something extraordinary with that turned the, the known world upside down for Christ. To be a disciple, it means that it's, it's developing a, a, really a new culture in your life and realizing that it, it's things that we say all the time that my yes will be yes before he asks the question. I live a place of submissiveness and surrender, of openness to the work of the Holy Spirit, that whatever he wants to do in my life, no matter what it looks like on the outside and the outside world, here I am, Lord. But there's also a reward of discipleship, and that is you transform. Listen to me. Our job is to follow. It's his job to transform. It is our job to follow. It's his job to transform. And so if I can encourage you, it's just some, just some simple things of 
know that God's got something. And you know, just a few moments ago, I prayed the verse over Karis, and I'll speak it over you. It's, we, found it, we found it in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, and 10. For I has not seen. I mean, think about that for a moment. I, I mean, has anybody seen some cool stuff in life? I mean, I've gotten to see some amazing things. I mean, one of my favorite areas to go is like Silverton and Uray, Colorado. I mean, one year we rented Jeeps and went over the Continental Divide. And I mean, just, oh, just awesome. They call uh, Uray, Colorado, the Switzerland of the Americas, you know, I, just beautiful. And, and I think of the missions trips I've been on. I think of, I, you know, so many times in my memories in Facebook, I have memories that pop up of when we did, when we did uh, school assemblies and outreaches. There was one that we did. And I know I've shared this before, but uh, we did one in a school that had about 110 students and uh, text line, Texas, I know a big metropolis text line. And so we do the school assembly of the 110 students. As a matter of fact, there were other students that came in from other schools, but we saw more people saved that night than what was in the school. I remember that audit, when I gave the altar call, the entire audium, the auditorium came forward, and we kind of always dismissed them to go out to meet with the response workers. And so they met in the hallways and kind of the foyer of the area of the auditorium. And so I'm standing there if we dismiss them, and I'm the only one in the room because everyone in the room came forward. That's a beautiful thing to see. In a little small town. I think of everything that I have seen, the Bible says, no eye has seen what God has prepared. I've heard some beautiful things in my life. I, I, you know, it, I, I gave it up a, a long time ago, but I'm actually a band nerd. I didn't know if you knew that, but I, I'm a brass player, trombone and baritone and tuba and things of that nature. And, and uh, I love orchestras. I love um, one of the one of my favorite things to listen to or on my Spotify is is you know scores of orchestra and, and different types of music. I love it, and I've heard some beautiful things. I, I one of the things I cherish is my kids when they were little, and I'd come in from the office and I'd walk in through the door, and all of, all three of them they'd come running to me, Daddy. That's a beautiful sound, and I told them the other day I was like, I want to hear that again. She's like, Daddy, you know. Didn't quite do the same. <laughs> I think his voice is lower than mine now. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God's got prepared. And then it says, no mind can conceive. No, it's entered, or some translation, or entered the heart of man. I mean, think about some of your biggest dreams. Some of your biggest dreams. Maybe it's your bucket list. I don't, whatever it may be, but he says that what he's got prepared is greater than what you can see, is greater than what you can hear, and greater than what you can dream of. And he says he'll reveal it through his spirit. Would you stand with me this morning? Thanks for tuning in to the Odessa First Assembly podcast. If you've enjoyed today's message, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on social media for updates and inspirational content throughout the week. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Odessa First AG. And if you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us in person for our Sunday morning services at 10.30 a.m. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Church Online. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on the Odessa First Assembly Podcast.